Hello and welcome to yet another episode of uh, Sports Stars Cricket Podcast, Match Point Paradox. Uh, I am Ayan Acharya, and joining me today is a very special guest, uh, the Hindu sports editor K C Vijay Kumar. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Ayan. So we are recording this uh, podcast just a few days uh, after Madhya Pradesh uh, beat Mumbai uh, by a convincing margin in Bengaluru to lift its uh, maiden Ranji Trophy title. So, if you could kindly begin by recapping the action from the five days, uh, it was a very interesting final. I mean, uh, yes, I mean it, it. It was pitting Mumbai or Bombay versus Madhya Pradesh, and in terms of history, if you look at history, it's always Bombay. You know, forty-one titles, huge legacy, uh, and the ability to win when they box into a corner, and, and, and which they did once against Karnataka and Mysore in a final in which, uh, you know, they were the large part they were doing, you know, trying to catch up. And on the final, they, they flipped it and they won. Uh, of course, it was a final marked by a lot of bad behavior. And of course, Manish Pandey's splendid batting and a great catch he took. But eventually, Bombay won, and so the record books will only show that. It won't show whether Manish took a catch or scored a hundred or there was a bit of bad behavior, you know, from both teams and, and spectators got involved and all that. But the record books will say Bombay won, and, and, and that's how it's always been. So even when when I went for the final. Uh, I thought, okay, MP is coming with a lot of momentum because of what they did to Bengal. But then you're up against a team which somehow seems to raise his game in final. It's almost as if Bombay knows that it's a final, and we probably know how to do it. Uh, so the the day one and the day two, as as, as it went along, I thought I thought three thirty four was a decent course, score on that pitch. And you're talking about a ground which you know it, it kind of bucketed down a couple of days back on a Sunday in the T20. Was washed out, uh, but then it didn't rain those days. It was overcast. Uh, it was gloomy, uh, and I remember the first day the sun came out after the draw of stumps. Uh, but I thought Bombay did reasonably well. I mean, uh, and then to get to three seventy four was, I think, was a challenging total. Uh, but I think what has probably gone wrong, you know, we talk about Bombay's history all along, or Mumbai's history. I'm sorry, Mumbai's history all along is that Mumbai always wins uh, riding on batting. You know, because we always speak about this Bombay school of batsmanship, which threw up so many greats: Anand Gavaskar, Shigavaskar, Rengsakar, uh, Tendulkar. Then you know the Manjrekars, the Kamblees, the Sandeep Patels, Asim Jaffers, now the Rohit Sharma, and, and so many more. You know, right? so we always are fixated with the fact that Bombay throws up real quality batsmen, uh, and somehow they've always prospered on their batting to win titles. You don't really speak about Bombay bowlers off the hat, you know. You, you always speak about uh, uh, Bombay uh, batting. Bombay batting. Thirty-two was decent, but what happened was, and Sarfraz was brilliant. I mean, I mean, I mean, the hundred he scored was outstanding. I mean, it, it showed a lot of character. The way he strung partnerships uh, with the tail was very critical. And I thought uh, there was is a gentleman who kind of lives in Chennai Stadium. I just sent him an NCA called VVS Lakshman. The director of NCA, and I thought he was probably trying to do what Lakshman used to do in his prime, where he's farming the strike, he's talking to tailenders, uh, he's doing it very well. So he's he's getting those twenty thirty run partnerships, and he, he kind of pushed the total. So when they crossed three fifty, I thought they're kind of safe. All of us in the press box thought they're kind of safe, uh, but then MP surprised all of us. I mean, not exactly a surprise. I mean, they did very well to get get there, but the kind of batting they did. Yash Dubey and Shubham Sharma and uh, Rajat Patida, three hundreds, uh, and that was massive. The one sixty two run lead was massive because 
And what you should understand is, in a final, you know, in a knockout game, scoreboard pressure is something very significant. So when uh, you know that if the match ends in a draw, with the first innings lead that will determine the winner, Bombay is up against it, right? And it's a 162 run uh, lead taken by MP was a huge burden on Bombay. And I thought uh, Bombay's bowling was a bit all over on the third day when uh, I think Shubham and Yashudu had a 222 run second wicket partnership. Uh, they were not focused enough. They were not able to build pressure. There was a boundary ball almost every over, right? Uh, then you, you had the case of Rajat getting out after no ball on 50, in the 50s, right? Uh, and, you know, of course, there were a couple of LBW appeals. So you could, you could probably say maybe this could have gone in Bombay's favor or whatever, Mumbai's favor, whatever. But it happens. It's part of the game. I just thought Mumbai let the game drift on, 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 on Wednesday and they were a bit clueless. And, uh, and once MP went past them and, and Rajat was outstanding. And I think, uh, I've seen quite a bit of batting in this game. I've, I've seen Safra stun. I mean, there were obviously four centurions, Safra's, Yash, uh, Shubham and Rajat. And I think Rajat's batting was top drawer. I mean, Safra's was chutzpa and character and all that stuff. Uh, Shubham was pleasing on there. Yash also was good. But Rajat has enough time on his hand to play shots, which is phenomenal. I mean, uh, I would say the quality of a great batsman is you have no clue. You just walk into a ground or if you're just on the TV or watching the batsman play, you don't even know whether he's on zero or a hundred, you know. And there are certain calmness to him. I mean, you, you can't even figure out what his score is unless you look at the scorecard. Because sometimes when a batsman is shaky, you think, okay, he's just coming. He's just trying to settle in. Uh, sometimes when a, when a batsman, when a, sorry, a batter is scoring those big runs, you think, okay, he or she is cross a 50 or a 100. With Rajat, the vibe is always the same. You know, what he is in the beginning is what he is at the end. Uh, so, MP did well to get the 162 out of the way. And then Bombay had to do the catch-up. You know, Bombay had to erase the deficit A. Be set a target and then bowl out uh, MP in, on the last day. And of course, the last day the pitch offered some turn and bounce. There was a bit of grip. Now the fourth day there was a bit of a rain, so the, so the pitch was juiced up. All that was there, but and I thought Mumbai did well on the fourth day evening, I think, because they went for quick runs. So they were losing wickets, but they went. So they're they trying to erase the deficit from one sixty-two. They're bringing it down. And, and they went past the next day. But I, I think the problem was they kept on losing wickets. So they couldn't go beyond that 108 target. I think if the target was probably 200, and come to think of the MP lost four wickets. So if it's 200, it would have been even more iffy for MP. You know, it could have been this way, that way. Uh, but at the same time, I want to point out this. Um, sometimes, as I said, we look at Mumbai and Ranji Trophy, and there's a huge legacy, massive reputation. And I thought on the final day, MP was playing Mumbai on its reputation, not on what Mumbai actually did on the previous four days. Right. So this first 10 overs, 12 overs, what they did was, I, I, I just couldn't figure out what they were trying to do because you are ahead in the race. All you have to do is get some wickets, right? Mumbai has to take those risks. And what are you doing? You're getting Kumar Kartike, left arm spinner, the ball, a leg stump line on and around leg stump. The wicketkeeper was not standing behind the stumps. He was standing, you know, away from the leg stump. So, which means it's, the line is obvious and you get caught about six feeters on the onside. So, you're trying to cramp the batsman and Yadav, the bowler, Gaurav Yadav, the bowler, fast bowler, was also bowling wide outside the off stump with the back off, offside the thing. And it looked a little weird and I thought at that point, even MP wasn't believing that they could win the title. You know? At some level, they were thinking, okay, 
it's Bombay or Mumbai, whatever, and they have history and legacy, and maybe they could if they get too many runs on the board and it's a tough chase, and look with the pitch showing wear and tear, probably their spinners could come into play. Uh, but after the 10 to 12 overs, I think they just got their senses back and they just stuck to the regular trick, you know. They bowl the right lines. Because anyway, whether you bowl the right lines or the wrong line, Mumbai has to take the risk. So might as well do the right lines and get those wickets, and which what they did. Uh, of course, the chase was interesting because uh, Mumbai fought hard, they got those wickets. Uh, but I think they also were done in by the fact that it, it's, it's, except for probably double in the bowling attack, probably, you know, Prithi Shawn is batting. It's, it's a relatively undercooked team in terms of overall experience because they don't have a Rohit, they don't have a Rahane, um, you know, they don't have a Shreya and, and, you know, quite a few of the players, marquee players are not with them, they're playing for India and all that. The same holds true for MP, which probably missed about two players. But the fact that they were kind of undercooked in batting and then, Probably Dawal had issues because he didn't bowl much in the chase, yeah. right? Uh, and I think MP just set the tone. I mean, uh, except when the Sarfraz innings, when he was running away with the game, largely MP had the game in control, except on the fifth day when they themselves relinquished control. The first yeah. hour when they were bowling those negative lines and trying to restrict the target, you know. And it, and, I, and it almost felt weird because this is something they did even in... Uh, Against Karnataka, when the famous Ranji final, they lost to Karnataka in 98-99. They had got the first innings lead, but in the second innings shootout, they got so defensive. They had to chase a meager target. Instead of going for the runs, they got so defensive and then Vijay Varadhaj came and he's with his part-time oxpin. He got those wickets and they lost. So I thought, are they getting into that kind of mindset? And back then, Pandit was the captain and now Pandit is the coach. And I was thinking, is he thinking of that and allowing that affect the way he was approaching the game? But... Thankfully for MP, I mean, better sense prevail, but it was a great final. I wouldn't say it was a nail-biting final. I mean, you kind of knew, I mean, the moment MP got the first innings lead, you know that MP is going to probably get it. And it's a very considerable first innings. 162 is a big first innings. It's not about 20 run or 30 run, 162. So I thought they'll get the title. And then once all this transferred on the fifth day, I mean, yes, 108 can be tricky, but it's not as bad as, say, a two, chasing a 200 or 220 in an afternoon on a final of the afternoon. Uh, so that way it wasn't edge of the seat stuff, but it was a classic five-day game. You know, it had its ups and downs, it had its uh, emotions, it had its appeals, uh, you know, and it, it, it had its mistakes. I and mean, both teams made enough mistakes. Just that MP made fewer mistakes than Mumbai. Right. But I would say MP was deserving. You know. Right. right. Uh, one thing that's uh, you know struck us most about MP is mm. how it found. Uh, a new hero mm. each day. Mm. It was beat against the same in the same yeah. final against Bengal uh, when things were not mm. looking rosy. They had Himanshu Mantri yeah. and Akshar Raghuvanshi doing the job. Kumar Kartikeya bowled brilliantly there as well. But one man who's remained constant uh, is mentioned Chandrakant Pandey. Okay. He's, he's had a stellar career as a player yeah. and now a stellar career as a coach. You know, titles with Vidarbha, Rajasthan as an administrator, and now MP. Uh, a bit on his <coughs> impact. Not just on MP, but overall in domestic cricket. See, Pandit, I mean, I've known Pandit or I've seen Pandit as a player in the 1980s. He was a very tough player and he's a Mumbai guy, you know, he's a Kadoos, you know, uh, over my dead body type players, you know, he won't give up easily. And even when he was playing for the Indian team, he was competing with Kirmani, who was said Kirmani was towards the back end of his career. And, excuse me, and people like Sadaran Vishwanath, Kiran Murray, and he somehow got lost in that battle. It was a, it was a three-way battle between 
Vishi, uh, More, and Chandu. And uh, what happened was Vishi was the most flamboyant, was the most talented. Uh, and then unfortunately, he's lost his way a bit. Then Kiran came in, and then Kiran had something about him. He would keep well, and he would score those quick runs, and he'd have those partnerships. Uh, but then, at that point, if Kiran was the first choice, we could keep a Chandu was the second choice. So he was, he was there on a lot of tours together. Um, in fact, at, at there were days when, in some matches, when a leading batsman pulled out on the day of the match. In fact, Chandu was so good as a batsman; they used to play Chandu just as a player, as a batsman, as a, sorry, as a batter. Right, he used to play as a batter. So you had Chandu playing as a batter and Kiran Mori keeping wickets. I mean, he was that good. And then, and he was always tough. He was a tough player. Uh, probably did not get enough credit for what he did, but he was a tough player. And he, he's always been a, you know, a mammoth player in first class games with domestic cricket. And I think what you should realize is, Ayan, is that that was a generation that once they dropped from the Indian team, they didn't just quit cricket. Right? I think the modern trend is if you're dropped from the Indian team and you're 30 plus, uh, you probably play one season for your domestic team and then you retire and then you get into commentary, right? Or you get into coaching, you get your level one or level two from NC and start coaching. But that was a generation, probably they didn't have that kind of opportunities. What they would do is they'll continue playing for their domestic side, right? They will continue playing for three years, four years, five years. And then after that, the one year after being dropped, they're still aspiring to play for India. After that, their only goal is to win the Ranji Trophy with whichever side they're playing, A. And then they used to play minor counties in England, which because the, you know you get some money from there and all that. So they used to balance this, and they should keep playing Ranji. So Chandu and all of them are Sandeep Patel, a lot of players at that time, Ashok Malhotra, a lot of them. Even after they were dropped from the Indian team, they continued playing, be it Mumbai or Madhya Pradesh, or, you know Gujarat or whatever. They switched a few states and they continued playing. And in some state, in cases, they were also the captain, come mentor, captain, come coach. So Chandu was part of the legacy. Chandu knows what it is to win the Ranji Trophy. Because he was part of the Mumbai squad. But Chandu also knows failure because he wasn't a roaring success in the Indian team. So it, it, it kind of works both ways. You know, you're a, you're a big guy with the Mumbai team. But at the national level, you're not able to replicate it that much. Though you people respect you. And I think this is his way of, you know, giving it back to the game. I mean, you know, which has given him so much. And he's been outstanding. He's been outstanding. He, he may seem very grumpy. I mean, uh, I remember the final when, I mean, when, when this camera was pan, pan, panning close to him, he was just sitting quiet, holding one small tiny towel. His face was impassive. I mean, there was no, uh, you know, emotion on his face, you know, except when he's whispering to one player to pass a note to the captain, uh, Srivastava. Otherwise, he was very impassive and all that. But he's a very solid coach. He, you know, he knows, as a player, he knew how to win the Ranji Trophy. And as a coach, he knew how to win the Ranji Trophy. I mean, to win with Bombay, to win with Vidarbha, and now to win with MP. Yeah. And also to be linked to the Rajasthan when they won. Yeah. So he, he picks those boxes. He exactly knows how a Ranji Trophy is played out, the long season, the first innings leads, what clicks, what doesn't. And then he's played on most grounds as a domestic player. Yeah. So he knows, you know, those grounds. He knows people in those grounds. Yeah. Sometimes all the, all the inside info helps you, yeah. you know. And and I think what happens in a team like MP is it really doesn't have a bona fide superstar, yeah. right? Uh, okay, Rajat is probably early days for him, but I'm just saying maybe one day he may become a superstar. But in a very emerging team, all of them will look up at the coach because for them it's Chandu Pandit, former India player, Mumbai Kerr, has won Ranji Trophy with Mumbai, has you know led Madhya Pradesh in a losing final, has led so many teams as coach and got them the Ranji thing. 
So for them, he's a demigod. So for them to imbibe what he says is relatively easy because at one level, you're awestruck with him. Right. So they are like sponges that absorb whatever he tells them. So I think it also helped in that way to, to be there. Uh, it is almost like, uh, I don't know whether it's the right thing to use. It almost becomes like a football unit where the coach is more superior to the captain. Mm. So even in Madhya Pradesh 1, uh, by reflexively all of us were giving credit to Chandrakant Pat or Chandu Pandit. Mm. We were not entirely giving credit to Srivastava. But that, that's the kind of legacy this man has. Right. Uh, probably Mumbai had won, I don't know whether we would have given so much credit to Aman Muzumdar. Probably would have split it between him and Prithvi. Right? But if you hear, if you see the coverage uh, or the way it panned out on television, on social media, uh, Ashwin put out a tweet, Sandrakant Pandit, that's all it is or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's him. It's this one man you know, trying to make amends for the 99 loss to Karnataka as the MP captain and his desire to get MP across the line. So, I mean, his contribution is phenomenal and uh, he watches every ball. Uh, he's very, very clued in uh, and it helps that he's a domestic stalwart and it helps, it really helps. Right. Uh, what does this uh, MP victory do for the landscape of domestic cricket in India? Last five seasons you've had Vidarbha winning the title, Gujarat won it in 2016-17, now MP. Does it tell you that domestic cricket in India is in the pink of its health, as good as it has ever been? See, there are two things here. I mean, it's, it, it's in terms of awareness. I mean, what has happened is earlier, probably during my boyhood days, it's just Tamil Nadu, Karnataka in the south, uh, maybe a bit of Hyderabad. And then you have Bombay, Delhi, the famous rivalry, Bengal. And, and that's about it. And sometimes you have the option railways does well because railways used to source players from different states because they're railway employees. Like Murli Karthik used to play for them and all that. But these were the main, you know, the states driven by the, by the metros, the primary metro, you know, Delhi, Bombay, uh, Madras, Calcutta. Bangalore. So then, what has happened is with, with live telecast of the cricket on television, cricket penetrated the villages. Villages started to play. I mean, otherwise, the most organic game for anyone to play is football. It's, it's, it's a universal sport. So you get a paddy field in Goa or Kerala or Bengal, and it's, you know, during the non sowing season and it's just past and dry. You just get a football and kick around and, you know, you, you play the game. Or maybe you may play a bit of badminton or kabdi. I mean, these are the games that you would instantly play. It's easier to play, relatively. Uh, but then for a, and then after that once cricket was being telecast, you could see in places, like even Kerala, you know, where, I mean, I have played quite a bit in the summer games in Kerala, where you just make a bat out of a palm frond, you chisel into a bat, you know, and then you tape a ball, or sometimes you get a tennis ball and you play. I mean, then, you know, I mean, stumps is easy, you know, because you just have your, you've got to get three twigs and keep it and all that. So, it's slowly watching cricket on television. So there was a kind of penetration into the hinterland. It's just that none of them knew how to go about whether whether you could play club cricket, how do you get picked for the state. That awareness wasn't there. But slowly what has happened is people started getting into, you know, like suppose say someone is in a is in a tier three city or a tier three town, they he or she used to move to tier two and play the game. And and, and slowly and then from there move to the bigger metro, become part of clubs. And it was very, I mean, we, we could say that, yes, you know, it's, it's gone to the hinterland and, you know, Vidarbha is one, Rajasthan is MPs one. But even take the big states, like, you, you take a big state like Karnataka, uh, most of the stars are no longer from Bangalore. Uh, KL Rahul is from Bangalore. Sunil uh, Joshi used to be from Gadag, right? Uh, Vinay Kumar is from Davangari. Uh, Javagal Srinath is from Mysore. 
you, you look at the team, uh, of course, Manish is from Uttarakhand, then he settled in Bangalore, but even you look at a state like Karnataka, they're no longer coming from Bangalore. Okay, now, right now, all the players live in Bangalore, but they're, they're, the roots are Gadag or Mysore or Damangare or Mangalore or Hubli or whatever, right? So, the same thing is happening in Tamil Nadu. You, know, you have Tina Rajan from Salem, not even Salem. At least Salem is a tier 2 or tier 3 town or city. He comes from a village which is away from Salem, right? And for him to break through it, what has happened is the base is widened. The number of uh, people playing cricket in the country is widened, right? Because of access. One is being inspired by what they see on television. Two is the desire or the belief that they can play for India, they're good enough. If not for India, at least an IPL team. If not for IPL, at least a Ranji side, right? And it also helps that you have domestic heroes breaking through, like uh, a Dhoni from Ranji. A Praveen Kumar from UP or a Raina from UP, right? So some of them coming in, and so everyone thinks, okay, if he or she can do it, I can do it, right? And and we should also give credit to the DCCA for the talent resource development system, TRDO, you know, system they had initially headed by Rengsaka and Makran Vangaka helped him. Uh, they had a database in NCA and and they were monitoring players in different parts of the country. Through different coaches. And the NC also standardized coaching level practices across the country. So largely the coaching standards across the country is standardized. You know, what you get coached in Ranchi is what you get coached in Bombay too. Right? Maybe you have lesser grounds in Ranchi, but the, the coaching standards, the aspects are the same. There's, there's a bit of a standardization that helps them. So when they move to the bigger cities, they are in a, they're not in a state of shock because they're already aware of these techniques, right? They're not seeing a bowling machine for the first time in their lives, they're already used to it because in the zonal academy, state academy, you have these facilities, right? So you got to give the devil its due. So you got to give the BCA its due. I mean, what they've done is phenomenal, the way they've spread the infrastructure. So what happens is when the base widens, and it's also the thing is a lot of these players, state players, if they, you know, even if they're not being picked for the Indian side, they play for IPL. They're rubbing shoulders with Steve Smith, or earlier the Rajasthan Royals, the Swapnil Asnotkar from Goa, rubbing shoulders with Shane Vaughan. He's coming from a tiny state like Goa, but in the IPL, that particular season was brilliant, you know, because suddenly you think you belong, you know. So I think that's also helped. And the victories of these, if you, if you can call them tiny domestic teams like MP or UP or Raj, you know, Rajasthan or uh, whatever, I'm not talking about their size, but in terms of their legacy mm-hmm. in the Raju Trophy, it augurs really well for Indian in, in teams because earlier we were just driven by metros, right? You just pick the players from metros, but if you can have an Atrajan from Salem, uh, you know, a Dhoni from Ranchi, or someone in Bengal who's not technically from Calcutta, but he's somewhere from up north, it really helps. The, the only worry is the quality of cricket in the northeast has to improve. You know, because that's a bit because the matches involving a northeast team and from the mainland, a lot of records are being made because they're still not up to scratch. That'll take some time. But in a way, it's good they have teams; they're competing. I mean, they will, they will learn the tricks of the trade. But I see it as a positive sign. I see, uh, I always believe that monopolies should be broken. I mean, I mean, if there are monopolies, then um, not everyone will prosper. It's only that one team will prosper. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more such podcasts, do tune in to sportstar.thehindu.com.